On this DMV Sports Roundtable, we are talking Wizards. They're moving guys around. There are more losses than wins, and we have to ask, is it time to remove Ernie Grunfeld? Follow us on Twitter at DMV Sports Round 1. Many of our usual voices here, George Wallace and Jamal Bowens, and our special guest, Ben Standing with NBC Sports Washington. So you're there at the practice facility. They've got a signing, Ron Baker. Trevor Ariza is back. Maybe he's spotting what ails the team. What can you tell us about what you're seeing and hearing this week? Man, it is, you know, every time you just think with this team that, uh, you know, okay, well, we've had the craziest day we're going to have all year, something else happens, and uh, I'm just constantly now in embracing mode. I mean, this wasn't the craziest thing of ever, but just a few moments ago, the Phoenix Suns are, it's rare to have the visiting team practice in the facility, but the Phoenix Suns are practicing at the Wizards facility today, so I literally just saw Kelly Oubre walk into the building he was just traded out of a few days ago, and he kind of, you know, and he's just looking around like, you know, this is wild. So, yeah, I mean, so that so that, that's just the latest weird thing that's happened here, but obviously for the Wizards, uh, they got to be really serious about where they're at. The Wizards can't look past anybody right now. They are struggling uh, to, to get any kind of rhythm, and uh, you know, they, the last game, obviously, they just gave up an NBA record, 26 three-pointers. Again, that just another wild chapter in this frustrating season. Trevor Ariz has played two games now, and he comes out, he says the other night after the game that he already can see that the issue, one of the big issues is the lack of effort on the defensive end, and then goes to your point of giving up 26 threes. I mean, for him to come in and play two games and already see that, then this team there's a lot of, lot going on here. Yeah, I mean, not to not to say like, yeah, I mean, of course, but like, I mean, I go back to early in the season, you could see the lack of effort at times. I mean, the, the you know, I don't know how to, to to create a gif for Twitter or social media, but if I could, I'm sure I'd be very busy because you can do those <laughs> two, three, four times a game of a player just sort of standing still, or or or, the, or an opponent driving freely to the to the basket. Um, I, I think one of the most frustrating aspects to me of this season is that it's on the heels of last season in which a lot of these issues were happening as well. Last season, we sort of looked at it as, ah, the Wizards are struggling against bad teams. They're not getting up for those teams. And that's still what we're seeing now. But now I think we've turned it to, it isn't just that they're overlooking these bad teams. It's the lack of effort is just not there consistently. And that is, you know, you, you don't want to question somebody's, like, effort, per se. You just like to think that they're, they're not working well. But when you start getting to the effort talk, that really is a good one. I do think that's kind of where we're at with this team. If they're losing, that's fine. I mean, that's good. But you can, that's under, you, can, you, get, you can wrap your head around that. To not be trying to have too many plays where you're just standing around. And like you said, the new guy comes in and immediately says, wait, this is not right. This isn't how this is supposed to work. I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly, unfortunately, what we've all been watching for, for this season. Yeah, Ben, to your point, you saw it twice the other night. John Wall, and it was a clip on Twitter. John Wall passed the ball in half court and literally stood there with his hands on his by yeah. his side yeah. while the entire play continued to develop around him. And number one, you're taking your one of your best options, took himself out of the play, and you give the other team another defender. Markeith played Ole defense, and Bradley mm-hmm. Beal was pissed off about that. I just don't understand how A, Ernie is still able to make these moves that are all just cleaning up messes he made in the past. And Brooks, it's okay if it, people are missing assignments and uh, it, there's miscommunication, but they look downright lazy. Like, they just don't, there's, they don't care. And if you're playing for a coach, Popovich, I don't care who it is, that there are no repercussions for lack of effort if you don't play on the defensive end, if you don't show any effort 
or hustle, you sit your ass down. But obviously there's no consequences on this team or with this coach. They, they don't fear anything from him. And the bad part about it, it's not young guys doing it. It's just stars. We don't know what's said behind closed doors, and I suspect that some of their film sessions probably get, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, right, I mean, the, 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 there's nothing that we can point to court that suggests anybody is getting uh, benched or there's something happening, um, you know, whether it's just because the coach wants to make a decision or if it's for, you know, uh, poor play. I mean, it's just when you're literally just watching the game and the guy is literally not moving right. for 15 seconds when the statistics show that John Wall is the slowest player in the league, literally, like by, in terms of like how he, you know, his miles per hour when he's arguably the fastest guy right. in the league with, with no the sense. ball. Like, I did, yeah, it's just like, well, I don't understand how to put these two things together. So, yeah, it, it, it is a frustrating situation. Just from that perspective, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I'm with, and also, you know, one of the secrets of teams like the New England Patriots or the San Antonio Spurs, it's that the guy at the top of the player food chain, Tom Brady, Tim Duncan, what have you, not only were they the hardest workers, mm-hmm. they were the guys that was up that a lot, that the coaches went after and they accepted it and moved on. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, here again, John Wall is one of the guys who's not. Who's at, who's at fault for the things we just discussed, the lack of uh, movement at times. And the, if there's no accountability there, then, yeah, it does trickle down the line. So it's a weird situation that nothing has been stated more publicly, that we don't see things happen. I mean, I understand sort of Brooks not talk, discussing with the media, but then, yeah, we don't see anybody, whoever it is, getting benched necessarily right. or for, for, for these things. And that's the part that's like, okay, I, I, I don't know what – it's hard to see what the plan is from that perspective. Because it, it's painfully obvious to see – you can see lack of effort. You can see that just sheer not trying. And bringing in Ariza, that's great. But if you bringing in, you're bringing in these vets to put motivation behind these players – that should ultimately come from the coach. The, the players should have some sort of fear consequence that if they do not put out sufficient effort, you know, they're not going to play. And if you have these guys that like Wall and Marquis, to me, has, has checked out. To me, he's, you might as well trade him at this point because he's not here. I don't know. I don't know if he's, his mind is in the free agency. He just doesn't. And he's always back and forth being engaged in the games. But sometimes you just the other night he just just didn't show up. And unfortunately, that's been consistent. And when Ariza comes in, and even you don't have to be on the team, you just watch the team and see that there's no effort, which is why I don't understand why is Troy Brown with the go-go again? He doesn't need that. You need to get some of these young guys, him, Devin Robinson, who can probably be the closest to give you some of the athleticism that you lost with Kelly Oubre. If the older guys are being lazy, throw the young guys in there. Let them eat. Thomas Bryant. Prime example. You didn't give him any playing time, but now you were forced to, and he's playing well. And he's just going to continue to develop. But if the older guys, I don't care who they are, if they're not putting in sufficient effort, you have young guys that will come in and play. It's hard to know what exactly is the is, is going on with some of these guys. I mean, John Wall's been dealing with bone spurs. Keith Morris, he had you know, abdominal surgery last offseason, and it doesn't quite seem like he's ever been right. But in both cases, you know, guys don't use those things as injuries. It doesn't come up. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't always know what some are things going on in their personal lives that are affecting them. It's just sort of tough to watch. On, on sort of a positive note, the right term. But, like, I, I, one thing I'm I'm sort of intrigued by, and it's not going to happen yet because Otto Porter is still sidelined. He's not going to play Saturday against Phoenix. 
Um, he's now missed a few games. But, like, when when he can come back and you can put out Otto Porter with Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. and Jeff Green, I, that's, I'm not saying that's a tough front court that's going to win you an NBA title, but it may be the best front court that they have in the past season. Three guys who can play up and down the court. Uh, Ariza and Otto Porter can shoot fairly well, but Jeff Green's actually making a decent amount of his shots this mm-hmm. year. They both they all, all can switch defensively, and while they would get compromised on the, re- on the boards, the Wizards have been getting destroyed on the boards this year anyway. Yeah. So it's at least a scenario where where you know maybe it gives Scott Brooks an option to go to three guys who who, who, are, who are trying. I mean, Trevor Reza actually was considered to be uh, not. Some people in Phoenix questioned how much he was trying there. I'm talking that up mostly to a guy you know playing at a higher level now than playing for a, a, a lousy team. Yeah. It looks like he's been fairly engaged here so far. So um, you know, I'm intrigued to see what that lineup does. But like again, the fact that we have to get to they had to make the trade for a reason. We're talking about Jeff Green. Who's been good, but like you're not counting on Jeff Green to be one of your five best players. No. There's a lot about where things are at right now for this team, right. um, as well as just the, the basic options available for Scott Brooks. I think that's the most frustrating thing for me with this team because even now with the trades and with Dwight Howard being injured, this is still one of the most versatile and deep rosters, especially on the bench, they've had in quite some time. Every lineup they put out there, even when you had Rivers and Dwight was playing early in the season, I didn't see a lineup out there I didn't like. I was like, oh, man, where's the scoring going to come from? Who's going to, you know, everybody out there, if playing up to par, it is. It's, it looks like one of the deepest teams I've seen on this roster. And for them to be putting out this particular output, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating part because they have guys finally on the bench that can make a difference in Jeff Green. And then you bring in even Ron Baker, who most people don't even know who the hell Ron Baker is. But if you watch basketball, Ron Baker does the dirty things. He's the gritty guy. He's the glue guy. And they need guys like that. Brown, who's wasting away on the bench. Devin Robinson, who I think needs to get more more minutes. Adoransky has started lately. But And then you have Mark Keith coming off the bench. Jeff Green, you're being auto back. I'm not sure how it shakes up whenever Dwight comes back. But still... From what you've seen in prior rosters, this is the, the most depth they've had. And then to be putting out this output is ridiculous. But if you just look at the basic numbers, the, the, when you look at their on- and off-court numbers, the, the, the Wizards are better when John Wall sits than when he plays. Mm-hmm. He has worst off-court numbers on the team. Now, that's just impossible for a guy who dominates the ball as much as he does, for a player as talented as who plays as much as he does. I mean something is off when he's there. Even if you go back to last year, you know, for the most part, they had the same record, whether he played or didn't, he missed half the season. And the only re- and they actually had a better record when he was out for most of the time, except that at the end of the year, they sort of the gas and lost like 14 of their last 20. Mm-hmm. But some of those games were with him. But like when he's engaged as he was against the Lakers, all the other pieces look better. When he's not, as he wasn't against Brooklyn, uh, he was slow to get to the gate against, uh, Houston, or again in Atlanta, we see what happens. So you know, if he would just, you know, I don't know what is it. It's just frustrating. It's not as simple as 
play harder, win games, but it kind of is. At least they would be competing more, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the part that's frustrating. And then, you know, so at some point somebody has to kind of get through to him or, or, or tell us he's hurt and just sit him for a while, whatever it may be, but it's just not working right now. More on the Wizards in a moment. First, there's another podcast we'd appreciate you listening to. Check it out. Imagine the home you've always known sinking into oblivion. We want to save a community, a, a way of life. A Virginia island, population 460, is being swallowed by the Chesapeake Bay. The first full-fledged town that's probably going to get lost to sea level rise in America. Can disaster be stopped? Should it be? Shall the Lord destroy Tangier? Going Under, the story of Tangier Island. Available on Podcast One, iTunes, and at goingunderpodcast.com. Now more Wizards Woes on the DMV Sports Roundtable podcast with George Wallace, Jamal Bowens, and Ben Standing, our special guest from NBC Sports Washington. Follow our podcast at DMV Sports Round 1 on Twitter. I mean, for me, just like with the Redskins, it, it starts at the top and it starts with the front office. And anybody that listens to this, and we've talked about this, I am not a fan of Ernie Grunfeld. I have no idea what this man is still doing here. Uh, after 16 years, and this is what you produce, I don't think he should be able to make any more trades because all he does clean up his own mess i'll give him yes you 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 got the uh smith contract off cool you know you got a reason that's 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 okay i don't understand the uber thing because he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season there was no need to move him right this minute because you could have had him for the rest for the season then if you can't make any moves with them, which is also Ernie's fault because they are, in, they are hamstrung cap-wise because of contracts that he is trying to clean up, i.e. Uh, Jason Smith. And you could have did a sign-and-trade and gotten something for them. He didn't necessarily have to go now in a two-for-one in a trade that he botched and didn't get any picks back. Reza is an unrestricted free agent. Things could go a certain way and you end up with nothing. Rivers is gone. Ubre is gone. You don't get any picks. And if Ariza decides to walk, you did all this for what? You get my empty handed. Well, I, I would I would push back on this. I mean, I'm I, I think that I think that was a fine trade. The reality is, this team was got much smarter by bringing Ariza in and sending those guys out. Rivers was not was never clicked all year. And I get Kelly Ubre's fun and potential. He was a terrible basketball player to watch fundamentally. One of the worst shooters in the league. <laughs> his basketball instincts are horrid. Um, you know, he's fun and his potential is there because he's young, highly athletic, and I really like the kid. But but watching him play basketball, like if you listen to people around me on press row or you know. Uh, players of teams. Somebody told me that it hurts their dignity as a human watching him play basketball. Man. It, it, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah, so, that's rough. Like, and in terms of the, the timing of the trade, yes, I guess in theory, if you wait till the trading deadline, you might have more teams involved. Mm-hmm. However, it was a rare circumstance that we all knew that Trevor Ariza was available on December 15th, the first day that free agents who signed in the offseason could be traded. If the Wizards hadn't jumped in for Reza, somebody else would have by now. So it was basically, you can go get this one guy and do it now. And obviously, mm. they're familiar with him. So I suspect that's why they did it. Now, the fact that the trade got botched, and <laughs> depending on who you listen to, the Wizards, all teams look culpable to some degree. And I don't right. actually think the Wizards are the most culpable. But regardless, they got hosed by how it all went down. It kind of had no choice but to follow through on the trade. Right. Thus, it's not that they lost second-round picks. Is that when the original thing was put out there too soon, 
the second round picks were attached, thus making the trade in and of itself look worse. So, you know, some people think they didn't get enough for Oubre. Some people think it's fine. If they're trying to make the playoffs now, you can't wait too much longer to do something. Right. And this team's chemistry was so bad. Something needed to be done. That said, I don't necessarily know that getting a reason or sending those guys out actually will matter, as we've seen so far in these last two games. Hey, Ben, what is the, you know, this, this, if this thing bottoms out, let's say by the trade deadline, what do you see happening? They, un- they unload every, they, they try and just and strip everything. I mean, it's for, for as much as you can do, I should say. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to jump at, you know, a contract by wall. I would say Beal is probably the most tradable now, right? He certainly is the one that everybody around the league would, would, would take in a heartbeat for multiple reasons. It's not that, like, his, he makes no money. He makes really good money, right. but he's, a, he, he's, a, he's, he's playing at a high level. And most of all, he's a really easy fit for almost any team based on his, the way he shoots, the way he just sort of moves off the ball. Whereas John Wall, even if the contract, even if they had the exact same contract, he would still be difficult to deal with because um, not, you know, unless you just need a point guard, he just doesn't, he doesn't easily blend in with anybody. From what I've been told to this point, or my sense, I guess I should just say, of the situation, is that you know they're still looking for the comeback and you need players like Wall and Beal to, to get there. If yes, if things bottom out, I, I, just, I still don't know if I see them trading those guys, but I think that's when you see guys who who are in their last series. If you see Trevor Ariza get sent back out, Marquise Morris is a is a free agent, and mm-hmm. based on his salary, he might be able to bring you something back. I mean, it's a pretty decent sa- salary, and you may be able to bring something back. I mean, here's the reality, and this is the thing I've been focused on mostly. This is supposed to be the good year. Next year is where things really get crazy yeah. because they only have five players under contract and are already over the salary cap. In a nutshell, it just means there's really not a ton they can do to form even a 10-man you know, rotation uh, without having to dive into, you know, sort of cheaper, you know, minimum contract kind of guys. So they've got some moves to make just to get things interesting for next year <laughs> beyond the fact that are they going to try to stabilize this year. So it's going to be pretty a pretty wild situation. But for the moment, I would gather they keep their main guys and try to move some of the uh, yeah. uh, extra pieces. I wouldn't make any moves as long as Ernie is still there. How can you trust somebody? If you're going to blow this up, why would I entrust the guy that built this building I got to blow up to rebuild it the right way? He's the one that's got you in the situation. No trades, need no wall, no bill. Nobody needs to be talked about until something is done with him because I don't want him making those decisions. If you bring in somebody else and if they want to keep Brooks, fine. If you want to make a change at coach, fine. But start at GM first, then go down the line. I, if you move... I do not trust Ernie to do anything remotely smart with training players of those caliber. Get somebody else in here, and if you need to move them, I understand. I don't want him making that decision. But it seems like uh, owner Ted Leonsis is frozen in place. He doesn't doesn't seem willing to know, to move anybody. I don't, I don't know anything. what he's got on Ted. I don't know did he save his life in Nam. What does he owe this man <laughs> that he's got him here for over sixteen years and you cut McPhee short? Fine, you know, maybe he, he ran his course with the Caps, but then turns around and the team that you play in the Stanley Cup, he has them in the Stanley Cup finals in the very first year of existence. But you hold on to this fella for 16 years, and what do you really have to show for? A whole lot of nothing. How about the fact that you extended him, and I believe Ben was the one who broke this last year. Yeah, behind closed door, he won't tell even, anybody. You don't tell anybody. Because people, <laughs> the, the public will be pissed off because why is this man still here? Only, the only reason why you extend somebody behind closed doors is because you know you're going to get public brushback. That's the only reason. 
every everybody else announces it has a press conference. They did that behind closed doors because they know that people are tired of his act. Of course. And now we're in a spot where we're talking about trading one of our two best players. We're in a position now where, as Ben said, you'd be hard-pressed. We might have half the go-go called up next season. You might have a, have a G League team because we can't put together an entire roster. Ben, let me ask you this. As far as John Wall is concerned, and, and everybody watches him and – you see that you know whether he's engaged and not engaged, and you know he jumps on a table and it's and this and that. At this point in his career, what's it going to take? What kind of GMs, coach, whatever, is it going to take to get through to him and make him realize? Look, you want to be the best point guard in the league. You want to have all these accolades, get the calls, but you're not acting like you. You better mm-hmm. shape up at some point. I mean, are we at what point in his career and what kind of person is going to be able to get through to him, if anybody? Maybe a different type of personality. And Ernie Grunfeld and Scott Brooks have been described to me by people as sort of they're both playing the good cop role. Yeah. They're, just, yeah. they're just general personalities. Um, and you know, look it's, here. I, you know, look. I, I you know, if, if you had a Popovich type of person or somebody, you know, like the, the Bulls' new coach who immediately started yeah, getting on top of the players, if you had somebody like that, I don't know <laughs> how that would go. I, I would just sort of say this: I get like the instinct for people, and, and like and Jamal, you make your point as well. But like, I get the instinct to sort of blame Grunfeld and things like that. You know, John Wall's not a kid anymore. He's 28 years yeah, old. He's yeah. been in the league a right. while. He the other during the season there was a point when um, sometime this month I think where he clearly wasn't 100, wasn't even close to being 100. percent Looked lethargic out of the court and said that afterwards he probably shouldn't have played. He had some injuries and wasn't feeling well. And that and then you learn lessons as you go through this. And I'm like, dude, learning a lesson. You've been in the league Wouldn't for a while. That you're yeah. not Troy Brown, a rookie. So right. like, at some point. It's on you, and I say this like for myself. Like I need to go to the gym, right? I need. I gotta have to stop saying lose weight, get in shape. I have to actually do it. I can't. I'm old enough to know that I should, and I don't. So I get to have some things in life, some habits we all get into. It isn't as simple as saying we'll just go do it. But at some point, it is on the individual. And I don't know how you don't. You know, you watch the tape and see him. He himself sees himself standing there. Yeah. And not think that that's a problem. So, uh, you know, uh, yes, th- th- somebody needs to get through to him. But ultimately, you know, I would say he needs to. You know, he says the right things after games. He just did the other night when they beat the Lakers. He said the key to this team is how do we get up, not just against the Warriors and the Lakers, but against all the other teams. And then they go out and lose to Atlanta. So, yeah, man, we'll ben, let me ask you this and, and get your uh, perspective on this because watching him, I th- it feels like he has a greater sense of himself as a player than he really is. He's looking for calls that uh, Steph Curry or James Harden would get, and when he doesn't get them, he spends a lot of time, instead of getting back on defense, crying about it, complaining about it, throwing up his hands, and then he's looking for calls, he's fishing for calls, he's not getting them. That will give you a reputation with these referees, and you're not going to get them. But he seems like he's gotten to a point where he's expecting uh, to get a call that people that I guess he feels like he's on the same level as get, and he's not getting them. When you're not getting them, you're just not getting them. But it, it seems like he's over, like he thinks he's on the elite level, and they're letting him know that you're not going to get those calls right now. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, uh, you know, NBA players, they, they, do, they, they generally do like to complain. He does seem like he does it. A uh, fair amount more than some others, and and you know the, the biggest issue is he he drives in for a layup, uh, doesn't get a call, sort of stands back, throws his arms up, whatever, and then the play is moving on exactly. ahead of him, and then the other team is getting a shot. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's all not good. And I guess I think the thing is honestly just the most frustrating part.
guard is. We just saw what he did to the Lakers, 40 points, 14 assists, mm-hmm. I think. He was the most dominant player on the, in a game that involved LeBron James. So it's not like we don't know he can't get to these heights. And look, if there's things going on behind the scenes or whatever it is or, or he's hurt, look, I mean, you, you, you don't want to come out. I don't know. It's fine. Don't, don't say anything if you don't want to, whatever. But – all I can see is what's happening on the court and the lack of movement. That says it goes beyond mm-hmm. other off the court stuff. There's something happening, and yeah, I mean, I uh, whatever it is, he whether he thinks he's too, too good for too good cool for school or or some other factors, something isn't working. Like I said, it's not all him. The, the team, you know, the other, you know, again, the other teams can't be influenced by him. They have to, they have their own responsibility. But that's the other part. I mean. When this team, the correlation between John Wall's effort and the team's effort is basically a one-to-one comparison. And, and that's a responsibility for him and for the rest of the player. They have to understand, hey, you know, we have to do our own thing. We can't just rely on him. We have to put forth our own faith, mm-hmm. our faith and effort out there. And, you know, sometimes they do it, and too often this year they haven't been. Yes, a lot to think about over Christmas with these Wizards. Let's hope they can right the ship maybe by midseason. Thank you very much to Ben Standig of NBC Sports Washington, the DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and George, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, God help us. 